Praise the Lamb of God. Aren't you glad you got up and came to the Lord's house this morning? Amen? Now, what has become a universal sign of surrender is just, just lifting your hands. hands. Somebody, Somebody comes, comes up and they, they put, put a gun, gun to you, unless you're like a martial arts expert or a, or, or a Rambo type, you're, you're probably just going to put your hands up. Just going to surrender. When Moses was there, the enemy came out against them. What did he do? He lifted his hands to the Lord. And as long as he kept his hands surrendered in the upright position, then Joshua was able to prevail over the enemy. Now, I want you this morning, I know it may not be your comfort level or zone. Give us one of these, okay? If you don't want to do this, just do one of these, okay? But, but could you with me right now just surrender this service, whatever it is you're going through, whatever it is you're facing right now we come to the lord god who has all the answers he is the answer lord we surrender this service into your hands lord we don't want another service and another sermon we want an encounter with the living god and lord we pray today every distraction lord god of the enemy whether it be sickness lord financial relational lord god whatever conflict is going on Lord, whatever anxiety, Lord God, that has come up against your children, Lord, we just lift our hands and surrender. Lord, we surrender our hearts and our homes in this house to you today. And Lord, we ask in your holy name that you would move in such a mighty way. Lord, we know the victory is in you. And Lord, we come before the throne of grace. And Lord, we will find help today in our time of need. Come on, give him praise today. He is worthy. He is worthy. Let's intervene and worship the Lord. God bless you.
here's what I learned. There's a couple things. The first thing is that there's no junior Holy Spirit. Our youth and our children are just as much a part of the bride of Christ as, as any of us are. And the other thing is that the bride of Christ, there's something that's beginning to well up inside of her. And there's a determination that's beginning to just rise up within her. It's a determination that says no more, no more separation. He gives us what we ask. And, and I, during this next song, I just wanna encourage you to, to seek him for that. If, there's, if you're not feeling it, if you're not feeling that determination, ask him for it. Because he's the giver. He's the giver of all the good things. Let's sing this song together.
worship the Lord just was speaking to my heart somebody in this house you walked in and you're carrying with you this disappointment I was thinking about Elijah when Elijah the great prophets of old he called fire down from heaven he was turning a nation back to the worship of Jehovah God he was all in it was a death challenge 850 prophets, false prophets of Baal died that day. Then all of a sudden Jezebel comes up and she says, you tell Elijah I'm going to kill him. And Elijah takes off running. See, he had an expectation that day and that expectation didn't come true. So very often we can put our faith in our expectation of what God should do instead of putting our faith in God. He found himself isolated and entirely alone. And the Lord called him to see a vision. There was a fire, but the Lord said, I'm not in the fire. There was an earthquake, but the Lord said, I'm not in the earthquake. There was a tornado, but the Lord said, I'm not in that tornado. Then a small, still voice. You know, as a father, raised three children. And in the midst of the storm, I found what comforts my kids more than anything was just the calmness of that still voice beyond the chaos, beyond the confusion. This morning, your Father, your Heavenly Father, is speaking right now. He's not in the fire. He's not in the earthquake. He's not in the tornado. But you can hear His voice today. Your faith and expectation is what you thought he would do. He's still here. He's still a good God. No matter who you are, no matter if it's your first time or your millionth time in this house, I want us across this room right now 
just to lift our hands once more. Father, we come before you, Lord, today, and I ask in the name of Jesus, let your voice, Lord God, be heard. Let your voice be heard in the hearts of your children, Lord God. Lord, I know so very often we, we can be all in. We can put it all on the line, Lord. And Lord God, end up disappointed, Lord God, even though you pour out mightily. Lord, I pray that we would affix our hope, God, on you and you alone. Not just on our expectation of what you should do or what you could do. But Lord, our hope is in you. And Lord, I pray that you will reach down right now and touch your children and speak to their heart. And everyone said amen. Amen. God bless you today. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. Appreciate Jesse. She came back early. Elijah's out of out of town this weekend. And I think she was on it's just guessing. I think she was on the shark team. Is that right? Okay. <laughs> you get a little closer, you'll know what I'm talking about. But we, the 26 of our youth went to camp and all the leaders, so they're going to be making their way back today. And so keep them in your prayers uh, as they go. I want the ushers to make their way down to tonight, today to receive our morning tithe and offering. And the Lord loves a chill for cheer. A chipper, cheerful, chipper. Chiffing away at those chipmunks. Wait, Wait, I got to reset. reset. Peter, Peter Popper picked a pickle, pickle peppers, peppers, Peter Popper. Okay, okay now, now we're, we're ready. ready. God, God loves, loves a cheerful giver, amen? I want you this morning just to, just to freak our ushers out a little bit. Just give them a big old, just one of those looks and smiles like you know something they don't, amen? As the Lord loves to give good gifts to his kids, amen? Father, we come before you today, Lord. Bless the gift and the giver. Let it go to the furtherance of your kingdom. Lord, we just thank you for the privilege, opportunity, Lord. We count it a privilege, Lord, to pray. We count it a privilege, Lord, to worship. But, Lord, we count it an awesome privilege to give. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, that you've given us opportunity, Lord God, and a natural means to, to, to emulate you, Lord, in this world. And, Lord, you love a cheerful giver, and we cannot outgive you. And we just thank you, Lord, for your mercy and grace. Pour upon abundantly, Lord God, your mercy, Father, upon your children. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you.
Come on, let's give these guys uh, some more love and appreciation this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Why don't you take your Bibles with me and go to two places. I want you to go to Ezekiel, the 47th chapter, and then John. I'll tell you the address in John in just a little bit. Uh, continue to pray for our youth. They're going to be making their way home. And I was so excited when I got a, a call from, from Pastor Ryan the other day. He said, hey, we, we know that when we come back from camp that uh, we don't want to lose any momentum. So we're going to go ahead and schedule a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night revival for the youth. And then we're going to bring that straight on into the revival that we have scheduled uh, next, next Saturday, Sunday morning, Sunday night. And so with that said, if our young people... Ms. Jesse kind of indicated God's stirring up his bride for determination, and there, there's no junior level in the, in the Holy Spirit. Shouldn't you and I participate in just maybe praying and interceding and calling out to God? Who wants a move of the Spirit? Who wants God to rock your world? Who wants God to change the situation? Amen? Because he's the only one that can. Amen. We can work harder. We can work smarter. You might know what I'm talking about. You know, the breath of the Holy Spirit. Let him breathe into your heart, breathe into your life. I'm going to encourage you to commit this week, every day, to pray. God, send your spirit. Send the transforming spirit that will reach down and revolutionize our church, our community, our world. Amen? Then I want to see you back here Wednesday night. I'm going to see you back here Saturday morning. And Saturday night, we're going to be kicking off uh, revival meetings with Gloria for Jardo. You just come with no preconceived notions. Just come ready to receive, okay? Just come ready to receive the Word of God. Uh, North Texas Food Bank is going to be Tuesday. And we appreciate your help. Thank you for always showing up, being faithful. And if your schedule permits, please come out and help us. Uh, 8 o'clock, we're going to start setting up. And we try to beat the heat, so we start serving a little bit early. I'll give the rest of the announcements at the end of service. Let's look here in Ezekiel. Ezekiel, the 47th chapter, Ezekiel 47. Then we're going to be going over to John. Ezekiel 47. Father, we ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the name that is above every name, <clears throat> let the revelation be us. But uh, something caught my attention, and today I, I believe the Lord wants to bring we begin to act upon that revelation that he gives us. And so my prayer today is that we will receive revelation of our position, and we will ultimately understand the revelation of our purpose. Knowing this, church, the enemy, listen, the enemy cannot change who you are in Christ. He can only convince you that you're not. Let's look here in Ezekiel. Then he brought me back to the door of the temple, and there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple toward the east. With the front of the temple faced east, the water was flowing from under the right side of the temple south of the altar he brought me out by the way of the north gate and he led me around on the other side to the outer gateway that faces east there was water running out on the right side when the man went out to the east with a line in his hand he measured a thousand cubits and he brought me through the waters and they came up to the ankles 
Again, he measured a thousand cubits. He brought me through the waters, and the water came up to the knees. Again, he measured one thousand, and he brought me through the water, and it came up to the waist. Again, he measured a thousand, and it was a river that I could not cross, for the water was too deep. Water in which one must swim, a river that could not be crossed. So Ezekiel's vision was the foretelling of an uncrossable river that would bring ultimately, if you read down a few verses, it'll bring healing, it'll bring salvation, and anywhere that the river would come in contact with, it would cause the dead to come alive. It would cause uh, um, trees to begin to flourish that would have healing in their leaves. It would cause uh, uh, areas that it would ultimately flow down through the Kindred Valley into a reservoir, into, into the river, and it river doesn't stop at waist deep oh god if we could see our position you go another thousand cubits and now we're at the time of christ Mm, four thousand years from the time humanity was created now i want you to look at john 19 that was all preliminary if you were wondering i want you to look at john 19 I was looking over there and I, I was just, the Lord compelled me, as I said, to, to go over to Ezekiel. And, you know, when the Lord is ready to speak a word, He so often, it's just a whisper. It's just a whisper. Preachers, you know what I'm talking about. It's like, go there. Lord, I got all this good stuff. Go there. No, Lord, I got, come on, Kunla, you know what I'm talking about. Angel, you, you hear me? Dennis, you know, it's like, I got a whole lot of good stuff. Randall, are you listening? It, it's, no, go there. Go there. So, so I went there, and what caught my eye was not the flow of the river but, that I, I wanted to talk about, but it was the fact, the, the origin of the river and where the river was flowing, where the river was flowing. Notice it came from the right side of the temple and it flowed down the right side of the altar and it and it continued to move forward now john tells us in john 19 and 37 33 and 37 john 19 verse 33 through 37 but when they came to jesus they saw that he was already dead they did not break his legs but one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear and immediately blood and water came out and he was seen who was testified his testimony is true and he knows that he is telling the truth so that you may believe in other words the one who pierced the witness who saw that telling John to tell us that it was absolutely true But the water and the blood came out as soon as he pierced his heart with that spear. 
For these things are done, that the scripture should be fulfilled. Not one of his bones shall be broken. And again, another scripture says, they shall look on him whom they have pierced. So at the crucifixion, there are, we know according to the word, there were two other crucified with Christ that day. And if they were not dead, by the time the soldiers got there, they would break their legs in order to cause them to have a sudden death. Jesus had already given up his spirit, and he had died. So they took the spear, and they drove it in to his chest below his ribs. Either way, they pierced him from his side. And what we see is blood and water begin to come forth. Now, we know according to medical science that there is a wall of water around your heart. There's a wall of water that's around your heart. And so, when somebody goes into congestive heart failure, what, what is taking place? Too much water is building up and it's, it's pressing against their heart. And so when they drove the spear through Jesus' side, what happened is they witnessed that there was water that came out. And they know that he pierced his heart because blood began to flow. Now, it's amazing. As I look at this, there was also a symbolism here that we see. Josephus says that at the time of the Passover, because that's when Jesus was crucified, at the time of the Passover, there was an estimation of about 256,000 lambs that were slain that day. 256,000 lambs that were slain that day. As I told you, service or two back. Isn't it wonderful as they brought the lamb before the priest? The priest never examines the worshiper. He only examines the lamb message for another day if there were 10 people that were partaking of the sacrifice and were eating the uh, the sacrificial lamb if you just did 10 individuals per lamb that's 2,700,000 people very low estimate but we know that lambs have flowing within their body blood and you got to do something with that blood. And so historians share with us that before the destruction of the temple, there was an actual drain that they was a catchment for the blood that would, would flow. They would take the blood of the lambs, think about it, 256,000 lambs that were slain that day because of the people coming to participate in this sacrifice. That blood was poured into that drain on the side of the altar. And then that blood would go down into an underground stream that had a conduit that would run out. It would spill out the hillside as it, the blood would mix with that water. And so an observer who was standing in the Kindred Valley looking over at the Temple Mount, they could see at the time of Passover, between those hours of the sacrifice, they could see blood and water pouring down. 
Don't you know God doesn't want us to miss one single detail? Well, if they don't see it this way, maybe they'll see it this way. If they don't understand, maybe they'll see it that way. Maybe I could frame it such that they could understand that long before this ever happened, I'm going to get a vision to Ezekiel, and Ezekiel's going to share a vision about a river flowing, and then one day they're going to see blood and water pouring out of the Temple Mount, and maybe they could put, you know, two things together, and maybe they could come to understand there's a spiritual meaning. To get the blood and the water. The Roman soldier had to thrust that spear into the heart of Jesus so that you and I could see the heart of the Father. We will look upon the one who has been pierced. If you ever questioned the love of God, I have. Not, Not when, when I was, was a sinner, sinner, but when, when I came into relationship with God. I was being ruled by my circumstances, so I went to God and I questioned his love. He only had one thing to say to me. Look, look, look. Oh. I was glad I was young. I'd hate to be old and have those thoughts. But I realized... Anytime that you question the love of God, you look on the one who has been pierced. And you understand the heart of the Father. Because the heart of the Father is revealed in the Son. He's the one who shows us the true nature of our Father. He is not an evil bully that's there trying to snuff you out. He is the almighty God. He is the wonderful Savior. He is the Lord God Almighty. And let me tell you when Jesus said, my yoke is easy, my burden's light, what was he declaring? He's declaring my Father's yoke is easy and my Father's burden is light. Anytime you question the love of God, you got to look at the one who has been pierced. But see, the blood came forth. And what does that have to do with us? And oh, see, in a Jewish mindset, it's this if you want to look forward into the future, you got to look back into the past. Well, that didn't make any sense. Well, it doesn't to our Western minds, but to, to a Hebrew, that makes sense. If you want to see what's forward you got to look back you can go all the way back to the beginning who made the first sacrifice here upon earth god made his own sacrifice and covered adam and eve with with that sacrifice but we see here as we go back even from the beginning we begin to see that god created adam and then we see there the following verse that there was a river that was flowing in the garden of eden Amazingly enough. So we're looking back to the garden, and then the Lord decided, hey, Michael Sanders, he don't need to be alone. He don't do good alone. Let's go ahead and make, a, I, I know I put my name in there because the Lord had to, he had to make me a, a, a helpmate. Some, uh, the, the, the one that was on the other extreme. We, we believe balance is extreme in both directions, so... But the Lord saw Adam and said, Adam, it's not good you live alone. I'm going to make you someone. So in order to make someone equivalent, a helper, put him in a deep sleep. Then he stole from Adam. No, he didn't. 
<laughs> we got married. We got married. In a, no, no, no. Keep me out of Jackson. Come on now. She teasingly said, what's mine is mine and what yours is mine. She's after my ribs. I'm telling you, she can have all these ribs, but if I got ribs on the plate, don't be reaching, okay? Amen, brother. Amen. Any, any other guys in here? Amen. I'll give you anything you want. Just don't take the food off the plate. It's a guy thing. <laughs> we learned to share after a while. It took 30 years. But anyway, back to the story. While Adam slept, his bride came forth. First Adam. But we don't stop with the first Adam. We got the last Adam. While Jesus lay in the grave for three days, his bride was coming forth. See, look ahead. You got to look behind. You got to look over and see where God started, where you know where you're going. And God created us for fellowship. That means He still desires for us to be in fellowship. And we can't have fellowship without righteousness. And we can't have righteousness without His sacrifice. But when He makes His sacrifice, now we understand that we step into that place. Oh, the water began to flow from the right side on the altar. Water began to move. Then old humanity was just reached a point where they couldn't get along anymore. They just repented God that he made man. And, but he saw someone who was righteous in his eyes. And it was Noah. He said, Noah, I want you to go build an ark for the saving of your household and anybody that will listen. And we know that according to the New Testament authors that Noah was a preacher of righteousness. Believe in God. And as Abraham, we discovered that righteousness may come. But, but here we see. Built an ark. But he said, look, let's put a door in the side. Let's put a door in the side. Oh, let's open up a door of safety. But where is it coming from? It's coming from the side. Where is that door ultimately going to be? See, the water began to flow through the, through the temple. And the temple faced east. And it was coming under the threshold. It was coming under the doorway. Because that temple was facing to the east. Jesus is there being crucified 2,000 years ago. And oh, the Roman soldier that wanted to ensure his death didn't know that he was opening the door of salvation to all generations and all nations. And now we got the true ark of safety. Where did, he came, where did it come from? The side. The side. I'm telling you, when you go to the Creation Museum in Kansas and you see, look, Kentucky. I'm sorry, Kansas. Or Kentucky. I apologize to everyone for my ignorance of my states. Andrew and I took a trip up there a couple years ago. Man, when you come to that door, it's, it's like, wow. You take just a moment and you stand there in the awe of humanity that wouldn't listen. 
there was a door that they could enter in. There was a place they could enter in. I'm still going to preach it. I'm still going to preach it. I'm still going to preach it. Jesus Christ loves you. God the Father loves you. The Holy Spirit wants you saved. He wants to do exceeding abundant above all you can ask or think according to the power that he wants to put inside of you. The power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, it's at the right side of the altar under the temple. And I'm running to the right side. Now the Hebrews understood the, the importance of the right side and the right hand. There's Joseph, and he's brought his two sons, and here is ailing Israel, and, and he wants a, Joseph wants him to bless his boys, Ephraim and Manasseh. But here we see that something peculiar happens in, in Israel. And Jacob, he, he crosses his hands. And they're like, no, you can't do this. Daddy, you're not doing it right. Your right hand should go up on the firstborn. Not upon the second born. You've got, to, you've got to bless him. See, they saw that the right hand was so important because the blessing went to the firstborn. Let me tell you, the first Adam came first, but let me tell you, 2,000 years ago, the Lord switched his hands and he said, oh no, this will be my son of my right hand. Now, Hebrews understood it. Could we begin to understand it? There was the priesthood that went in, and we're listen. We're talking about the right side. We're talking about position. We're talking about who we are in Christ and who Christ is in us. The priest. We're looking back to understand all the the rightness that is on the side of God. The priest, the sacrificial, the Day of Atonement, when you sacrifice the. The ram, you put the blood on their ear, the right ear. You put the blood upon the right thumb. You put the blood upon the right toe. That kind of perplexed me for a good long while. But we begin to understand the right side. What we understand is that God wants us to hear rightly. He wants us to reach and hold rightly. See, you can't do anything without your thumb. The Assyrian kings were cruel, cruel monsters. They would take and they would cut off the thumbs of the, of the kings and the ones that they had conquered, and they would just feed them scraps under their table. It's much, much harder to, to reach and to grab without a thumb. See, so cut off the thumb because so you can't grab. Why does the enemy want to cut your thumb off of righteousness? Because he didn't want you to grab hold of the things of God and be able to hold on to them. He, he don't want you to hang on to the goodness of God. And on the big toe, let me tell you, you won't, you'll find out when you stump that big toe, it makes it a little bit more difficult to walk. You tear the toenail off that big toe, you'll, you'll find it hard to move about. You don't have the balance, the agility that you once had. But the reason I believe the Lord wanted the blood applied to the ear is so we could hear the thumb, so we could grab. But on the right foot is so we can walk in the righteous path of God. Now, where are we going with all of this? I'm glad you're asking such good questions. John 21 and 6, has this ever perplexed you as Jesus stood after his resurrection from an elevated position? He was looking down at his disciples that were in the sea, and they had been fishing all night. But the Lord said, I want you to cast the net on the right side. I want you to cast the net on the right side. 
You think it was just happenstance that the Holy Spirit had had the authors of the gospel go ahead and jot that in on the right side? He didn't just say the side, but he said the right side. Think you think maybe God's trying to tell you and I something. Maybe he's being specific for a purpose. Maybe he is telling us that the water is flowing from the right side of the altar, from the right side of the door. It is flowing down because I don't want you to miss the right See, maybe we've been casting the net on the wrong side and wondering why we can't catch any fish. Because religion will always cast the net and they will always say, work harder, work harder, work harder, work harder, work harder. It's the only message of religion. If you don't get what you're after, then you're not good enough. Work harder. If you're not getting your prayers answered, then you, you just need to work harder. See, we got to start where we talked about Wednesday night as faith as a gift. Not something we earn, but something we receive. And what we know is that righteousness is supernatural. Faith is supernatural. We, our origin is in the gift that God has given us. And now, as James says, he said, show me your faith without your works. I'll show you my faith by my works. Not because of what I have done, because what has been done in me. Now I walk and I talk and I move because I have received. And folks, when we start casting the net on the right side, on God's side, on the side of righteousness, on the side of true holiness, on the side that God, that God says as we sung in the song today, he's running after, he's running after, he's running after us. Oh, what a sad day that we will face one day. When we stand before the white throne judgment as witnesses to all those that refuse to receive that gift of salvation that God had given, we will look upon the one who was pierced, the one who was pierced, and we will know in that moment it was all done because God loves us. All of the distractions will be lifted off. All of the confusion will be gone. We will look at him with perfect clarity. And we will understand that it was his sacrifice that he wanted us to understand. It was when Zechariah was in the temple. The altar of intercession. Gabriel the archangel came and he stood on the right side. You could do your own study. But oh, Jesus told the Pharisees, I know you're fair, you see. And you hang with the sad, you see, because we can know that they don't believe in the resurrection of the dead so they're sad you see he said you'll destroy this this temple this dwelling place this Emmanuel God with us the the temple you destroy this three days I'm gonna wake up but I'm not gonna be alone I'm gonna wake up and my bride's gonna wake up And then you're going to see hereafter, you're going to see the Son of Man. He's going to sit down at the right hand of God in power. See, I'm, I'm not just going to come as 
the God-man, fully God and fully man. I'm on, I was born in this world as a, as a God-man. I'm going to walk this earth as a God-man. I'm going to die as a God-man, but you got to understand I'm going to raise as a God-man. And when I raise, I'm taking my bride with me. I'm going to include them into the relationship, into the circle dance, into the, into the place where they are now mine and I am theirs. And it's not going to be an external worship. It's going to be an internal worship because my father's looking around and he's wanting someone to worship him in spirit and in truth. Ephesians tells us, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and he seated him at where? The right hand in heavenly places. Are you still with me this morning? Colossians 3 and 1. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is. Where is he? He's sitting at the right hand of God. Romans 8, 34. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen who is even at the right hand of God who also makes intercession for us. Can you handle a little bit more? Therefore being exalted to the right hand of God having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit he poured out this which you have seen and hear. What happened on the day of Pentecost when it was fully come? Let me tell you what happened. The Spirit of the Lord was pouring out because the blood had been poured out. Now the Spirit is being poured out. It's not a river that God intended. Oh, we saw the trickling of it from the beginning. We saw the very inklings of the sacrifice of God from the beginning when God slayed the first animal. He was laying that upon Adam and Eve. But oh, we continue to, to migrate forward. We begin to move as pilgrims on a progress and we're, we're making our way and now we see the covenants that God is making at the intercession of but oh, we don't need to be ankle deep. We don't need to be knee deep. We don't need to be waist deep. No, because I'm going to take you to a river that you can't cross, that you can't get around. But oh, when the Spirit of God begins to pour out, now oh, every nation that is there, because what did Ezekiel's river do? It flowed down to the dead places, to the nations, to the seas, and the seas came alive. And it was a river you couldn't cross. God, I don't know about you, but I don't want to live in the ankle-deep experience in God. We are not called to live as knee-deep individuals. We're called to be flooded and overflowing and live in the overflow of the Spirit of God. Now, when I was little, I had a fear of water. I got over it. I'm talking about little, little, little bitty. We'd go to the lake, you know, where all the amoebas or you, you get thirsty and you drink the lake water. Don't drink that, son. I'll go ahead. <laughs> and I would splash around in the very shallows, and I would come home with my knees. I didn't tell you I had much sense, but I'd come home with my knees all bludgeoned and bloodied. I was a little guy. didn't know much about nothing. I was, you know, 16, 17 years old, but <laughs> I was 19, I met her, and then, you know, wisdom arose but see when you splash in the shallows you get hurt you get out in the deep and let the river begin to carry you but see what catches my eyes that it was a river they couldn't cross but 
Well, it's too strong. I can't. Well, too strong. What does that tell us? There's a move of the Holy Spirit for this last day church that's so evident and so strong that any sinner outside comes in contact with you. They can't. They can't get around it. Where's that river flowing? It's where it should be flowing right now, in the temple. Flowing out from the right side of the altar, from the, from the place of righteousness. That river, as it flows, as it moves, oh, let me, I just pray, oh God, give it to us, Lord God, in unmeasurable fashion. Lord, let the river of God swell, let it flow, that when people come in, we're not Christians and hiding anymore on the workplace. Oh, did you go, what'd you do this weekend? Well, I got drunk here in the skunk, man. I just, yeah, that black eye, we went to the bar and got beat half to death and but what did you do? Well, I went to church. What'd you do? I went to church. What? I went to revival. Saturday night, what were you doing? I went to revival. Come on, church. There's a boldness. There's a boldness. There's a boldness of the Holy Spirit. There's a boldness to come before the throne of grace. Where does this boldness of Christ come from? It came from the Father's heart, came from His heart. What does He want to put in us? The Father's heart, so that we boldly stand and say, No, you're a child of God. You should be an imager. Don't do this. Turn to the Lord and let God love you. Let God be everything He wants to be in you. Stop running from the issues and start being the answer to the issue. My God, give us, a, give us a Holy Ghost experience. The church breaks my heart for the reports that I get over and over and over again. People show up and say, the river's not welcome. The Holy Spirit is not welcome. The Holy Spirit is not welcome. I say, Holy Spirit, this is your house. You do what you want to do. Holy Spirit, you move as you want to move. We do not, you do not work for us. We work for you. And we want the Spirit of God moving in this place. We want the Spirit of God overshadowing and flooding through people. That the gifts of the Spirit are in operation. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. We welcome you. It is not popular, but my God, it is powerful. You don't need any more mental assent. Find out how you can morally be better. I had a Mormon, Mormon tell me that one day. Came in and said, yeah, if we get everybody in church, the whole world will be a better place. I said, yeah, I agree. He said, any kind of church. I said, I disagree. <laughs> Just, you know, morally they'll be better. I said, I'm after something more than morality. I want transformation. see you and your children and your children's children and every generation to follow to be filled to overflowing with the glory of God that when people look at you there is no mistaking even before you open your mouth they have an experience because your presence uh, because the presence of the Holy Spirit is there with you Amen. I don't think it's too much to ask I think it's what the word of the Lord tells us now folks if we don't, if we don't get this part we're not going to get any of it Do you agree with me that Jesus Christ, as the word of the Lord declares, 
is at the right hand of the Father. Do you believe that he died for our sins, that he rose again, and he ascended, and now he is at the right hand of the Father? But Ephesians 2.6 says this, and he raised us up and seated us together in the heavenly places in Christ. That, folks, is good news. That when he died, we died with him. If I were to have died before I met her, before we had children, the children that would have been would have died with me. If when Jesus died, we died with him. But the good news is when he rose, we rose with him and seated us where at a place of rest. Now we see a place where the right hand of God is where Jesus is not sitting after his resurrection. He's standing. Stephen, the first martyr, as they were stoning him to death, he looked up and God allowed the heavens to open. And he said, oh, I see. I see the one I'm going to be with in just a moment. I see him, and he's standing. Why do you believe Jesus was standing? I believe the Lord was standing saying, yes, son, yes, son, yes. Uncompromising. You understood the message, and you said it. Way to go, way to go. We're going to come get you in just a minute. I don't know. This is my message. You can preach it however you want. I just believe the Lord is looking for somebody who will stand up on his behalf and say yes Lord yes Lord yes Lord I will be who you call me to be I will do what you call me to do at the right side water was flowing and now we are at the right side of God in his presence is fullness of joy that is the psalmist said he must have had a revelation and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore at the right hand who's at the right hand Jesus is at the right hand who's at the right hand we are at the right hand Little Moses' declaration to the Lord after he brought them through the, 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 the Red Sea of impossibility he said, your right hand, O oh Lord, has become glorious in power. Your right hand, O oh Lord, has dashed the enemy in pieces. What happened when they pierced Jesus' side? Oh, it was like the parting of a Red Sea. It was the deliverance. The lamb had been slain and they were passing through that impossible situation that the enemy could not follow them into. As soon as he got in the middle of it, guess what? He got destroyed. Psalmist David said, your right hand has held me up. He said, your right hand has saved me. He said, your right hand is full of righteousness. I, I'm going to see if this goes over any better in this crowd than it did Wednesday. Not that I'm down, I'm not downing our Wednesday. I know you were tired. I can feel it. I can feel it. 
I love you, Wednesday night crowd. I went home and I said, I think it was my delivery. John G. Lank says this. I want you to get this, church. In Christ, we become God's sons, man's servants, and the devil's master. How many, How many will shout, shout over the, the fact, fact that, that we're God's, God's sons? sons? How many will shout over the fact that we are the devil's masters? How many will shout over the fact that we are God, man's servants? Some of you got it and you did it because of peer pressure. But see, we are sons and daughters of God. And the son in the heart of a son and daughter is the father's business. And the greatest among humanity was servant of all. He laid it all down. Now we need to imitate, emulate through the revelation of the right side. As God not only positioned us, he purposed for you and I to fulfill his will on earth. Revelation requires responsibility. Revelation makes us response-able. Revelation of the fact that God has saved me, delivered me, set me free from, the, from Satan, sin, and myself is a declaration that God has a purpose for my life and your life. And the, the whole earth is groaning in travail for the manifestation, the weos of the sons of God to come to say, look, it's not just about me. It's about what God is going to do through me by me positioning myself on the right side. All of the sudden, my inabilities melt away. All of the sudden, what I can't do, when the Lord called me to preach, and I am closing because we're going to have communion in just a minute. The Lord called me to preach. I said, Lord, no, 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 no. Do you know me? Do you know where I came from? Do you know I have a, a phobia about public speaking? Do you know that I just get gripped with such fear I can't move? My thoughts exit my mind. You got something to say, Mike? No, good. This woman sitting on the front pew, she could tell you. study all week, get up to deliver a message to the youth and like, read my text and I'm done. I unleash the monster on like, get them babe. 
She'd take that text and just preach for an hour. I didn't know who I was. The enemy kept convincing me I was not who I should be in Christ. He can't change that. He can only convince me that I'm not. So I just say to the Lord, I said, Lord, you know I can't read. I had a college degree and I could stammer through, I could get through. Phonics were a foreign concept to me. I just didn't get it. Lord, I, sorry, I, 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 I can take care of you. I'll teach you how to read. But Lord, what about my comprehension? Don't worry, we'll, we'll take care of that too. Lord, you don't understand. You called me to preach, and I can't stand before people. I can barely read, and I have no comprehension, and I'm not a born communicator. It's not my gift. There are preachers that can get up and they can just bring an oration and they can carry and they can talk to you for hours and hours. I can tell you just a few, a few minutes, especially when the anointing's gone, I'm done. Cut to the chase. Say the message. Get on with it. You notice I've kind of getting over that. But see, the Lord wasn't worried about any of that inability because he's got all the ability I need. He's got all the ability you need. He just needs you to just step out from the right side. Quit trying to fish out all you need from the left side. Keep going to the right side. Just keep walking on the right side. Just stay in the right side because that's where the river's going to flow. The river's going to flow through your life on the right side, which is where Christ is at. And there alone, I hope this is getting through to you today because now we have a revelation of position. We have a responsibility of purpose. All of my excuses, God just... He taught me to read by reading the Word. I was having difficulty preaching with verb tense. He said, start reading poetry. Started reading poetry and just cleared up my verb tense issues. If you'll ask God, he'll show you. If you will apply yourself, he will guide you. Stand, if you will. Father in Jesus' holy name. Father in Jesus' holy name. Lord, we want to be sons and daughters of God. We want to be servants of men and master of devils. Lord, we want to be sons and daughters of God. We want to be servants of men. And Lord, we want to be master of devils. Lord, we ask it of you today that you will bring that revelation of the right side, Lord God. You didn't just put that in there by accident, Lord God. You put it in there purposely, Lord, that we may understand that, Lord, from your side is the doorway of safety. From your side is righteousness and peace. From your side, Lord God, we are, have been birthed, Lord God, into this world in which we live today. Lord, I'm asking right now, those in this house, heads bowed, and we're going to do something just, we're going to have a corporate, everyone respond in communion in just a moment. 
but you're in this house and nobody's looking around. You've been struggling with identity. You've been struggling with who your purpose to be. Or God has given you a task and it has scared the life out of you. And you have this whole list of excuses as to why you can't. You're listening to that. But you're saying today, Lord, no more. No more. No more. I come before you today and I surrender. It's kind of been the theme today. Lord, I surrender. I surrender. If that's you today, I just want you to lift both hands. Just lift both hands before the Lord. God, I surrender. God, I surrender. I surrender. Father, we come before your throne today. We come by way of the right hand. Lord, we come before you, Lord, knowing that our righteousness is not in ourselves. That our righteousness, Lord God, is in you and you alone. And it's our faith that we put in you. Lord, we approach your throne with this gift of faith that you have given us. Lord, we approach you, Lord God, today. Lord, with all of our excuses, of all the I can'ts and I, that are just really the I won'ts. And Lord, we're asking today, Lord God, that you will transform and convert that into I will through Christ Jesus do all that you ask me to do. I pray, Father, today for revelation and understanding, Lord God, of our position in you. And I pray, Father, for an outpouring of your Spirit in us individually, Lord God. But Lord, there is no mistaking that God is with us. That when people cross our path, they cannot cross our path without crossing, Lord, the river. That there is an encounter. Lord, we ask these things believing. Now, Father, I believe there's going to be fruit come from this message today, from this service today. I believe, Lord, as we have established the government in your name that we have executed today and that there will, Lord God, be a change, Lord, in people's hearts and in their lives, that they no longer will listen to the lie of their past, no longer listen to the lie of their inability. They will listen to the voice of God. They will be like Jeremiah, and they will not continue to say the things that are contrary to the word of God but they will say what they see, Lord God. They'll begin to prophesy over their own future and they will begin by the power of the Spirit of God to begin to move. And Lord, we believe that it will pass on to generation after generation, Lord God. Lord, Lord send, send your, your Spirit, spirit Lord, Lord God. God. And everyone, everyone said amen. 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 Today, just so that we're, I'm going to let you sit down and stand right back up, but today... I'm going to let you sit down so the ushers can see. If you did not receive the communion cup, it's got the bread on top. Raise your hand and the, the ushers will make their way down. Anybody up top there, John? I see a couple of hands, two or three hands up there. When you get your cup, you'll see that the, the bread is on top and the, 
juice below. So open up the bread first. Keep your hands raised and the ushers will get. Hey guys, can we get, Chris, can we get over here? Thank you, sir. see if I see any more hands. Who's going to be at Revival Saturday night? I just did that to mess up the ushers. No, we really want you to come out. I believe God's going to do some great things. I want you to stand, if you will. Billy, did you get... We need one more on stage up here, guys. Sorry. You know, the word of the Lord is repetitious purposely. Jesus told the, the feeding of the 5,000, he said, what do you have? They said, we have some bread and fish. He took the bread, he blessed it, broke it, gave it back to them. They fed the multitude. At the time of the Passover, he took the, bled, the bread, he blessed it, broke it, gave it back to them. Did he do that or did the authors just like the phrasing of that? No. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. So we do this in remembrance of his sacrifice, but we do this also remembering our purpose is to feed the multitude the sacrifice that was made for them so that they can be fed and nourished by the glory of God. Father, we bless this bread that represents the body of your son, Jesus. And Lord, we thank you today for the mercy that, Lord God, that you poured out upon us 2,000 years ago. We thank you, Lord God, that when you, Lord, looked at the sacrifice, Lord, you didn't look at the worshiper, you looked at the sacrifice and said, yes, this is my beloved son in who I am well pleased. Lord, I thank you for what this bread represents. Let us eat. time in the last meal and meeting that Jesus had before his crucifixion he took the cup and he said this cup is a symbol of my shed blood I wonder if it had more impact upon them the next day knowing that there would be 256 some odd thousand lambs that were going to be slain only the blood of the one true lamb that takes away the sins of the world. Father, thank you for the sacrifice of your son that we may have freedom not only from sin we're no longer under the clutches of Satan. And Lord, now we have been given the ability to walk as you want because of what this cup represents. Thank you. Let us drink.
Come on and praise him today. Praise him today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we glorify your name. Continue to pray for our youth as they're making their way back from camp. Pray for them this week. You've already committed to pray every day for revival. I really hope to see all of you come out and be a part of this. I believe God's going to do some great things. Invite your friends, your neighbors, whoever you can get. We want to say welcome to all of our guests today. If you have not received a, a, a welcome packet, we have those at the door. And we'd love for, to meet you and, and say hello if we haven't met you yet. Also, Pain to Purpose. I so appreciate Clayton Yeck. Uh, teaches once a month on a Wednesday night, August the 10th at 7 p.m. Uh, over next door in the FLC room 304. Pain, Pain to purpose. purpose. If you've gone, gone through a situation and you just need to, um, just to hear another perspective, uh, Clayton is a fantastic counselor, ordained Assembly God minister. He will help you. Want to come? You, that's that'll be in room 304 this Wednesday night. The fellowship are ages 18 to 28. They're going to do a day trip uh, out to the lake on Saturday. Lance and Gwen are driving the bus. They'll be back. Uh, you can find out more information from them. Also, the Savvy Sisterhood, our ministry to uh, to single mothers. They're going to be meeting on the 14th at 1 p.m. And I'm sorry, I cannot read that. Uh, that highlight is a little dark. So get with Jane. Jane, where are you at? Jump and shout, Jane, 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 yeah. Right there's Jane. If you want to know more about it, just ask her. She'll, she'll guide you. Pastor Angel, would you come and dismiss us uh, this morning in prayer? God bless. See you, those of you out here on Tuesday that are able to come help us. If you can, 8 o'clock, 8.30, uh, come on out, and we've got lots to do. God bless. Thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We give you praise and glory. Thank you, Father God, for this service, for this word, for everything. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen, amen. amen. We are dismissed.